Hi, welcome to Just Jesus Lesson 11. Today's subject is accepted in Christ. Accepted in Christ. Hallelujah. But before we continue with this lesson today, I just want to remind us of what we've learned in the first 10 lessons. Just, just to refresh our memory of our journey so far in our identity in Christ. And so lesson one was the new creation, that we are new creations in Christ. And this new creation is justified, justified, pronounced righteous by God in Christ, and that we have received his righteousness. We are redeemed. We've had a price paid in Christ so that we're no longer in God's anger or God's wrath. We have been redeemed from it. And we've been redeemed from the curse of the law, as the scripture says. We're sanctified in Christ once and for all, sanctified forever. We've been reconciled. We've been restored to God's favour. We've received propitiation in Christ, which means it's, uh, our sins have been appeased. We're no longer under any penalty. Hallelujah. We're forgiven in Christ as though we have never, ever sinned. That's what the scripture says. As though we have never sinned. He has forgiven us past, present and future. We're glorified. We have his presence inside of us. We are in, in through his resurrection, we have received a new heavenly state, a new dignity in Christ. And we've been delivered, hallelujah, We've been drawn close to him, so we are delivered from God's wrath to come. And we have been circumcised, meaning that we have had sins removed and we have been set apart from the world. Hallelujah. And so today we're on lesson 11. Lesson 11. So if you've got your notes, that's great. If you haven't, it doesn't matter. Just remember to write up to five bullet points of what really speaks to you. And don't forget the questions at the end. It's so important to start to meditate on the Word of God and, and, and kind of ponder on what's being said. You can do it with a friend. You can do it in groups. You can do it by yourself. But just always remember to do that. The Holy Spirit will really unpack things for you as you do that. So today's subject is accepted in Christ. But before we do that, let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that today's lesson will really touch people's hearts who are listening and studying with me, that they'll understand that once and for all, they are acceptable. They're acceptable because of Jesus, not themselves. In Jesus' name I ask, amen. Hallelujah. And so this is our identity in Christ that we are accepted. And so let's go to the introduction together. Let's read it out together. It says, when you became a Christian, a whole new life started. You were made acceptable to God, even when others didn't. Even when others didn't. Let's read that again together. When you became a Christian, a whole new life started. You were made acceptable to God even when others didn't. You know, and we can go through life where we ourselves don't feel accepted by ourselves, acceptable to ourselves in who we are, our identity, uh, uh, you know, 
what job we have or what associations we have. We can feel as though we're a black sheep in the family, as it were. We, we may feel, and you may feel that you're not exactly accepted by people in your workplace, in your family, in your associations. Always trying to prove yourself to be made acceptable, always maybe trying to do nice things to feel accepted by others. Maybe you had a tough time in education and school and college and university and felt that you had to succumb to peer pressure to be accepted by others. Maybe in church you feel that you have to be someone different to who you really are in your character in order to be accepted. Hallelujah. But the reality is, folks, that we have been made acceptable to God. We've been made acceptable to God. Not by our efforts, not by our works, not by our striving. That Christ has made us acceptable. And if I was to say to you and ask you this question, is Christ accepted and acceptable to the Father in heaven? Your immediate answer would be yes. Jesus Christ is acceptable to God the Father in heaven. And what proves that he's acceptable to God? After all, he died on a cross. After all, he took our sins on the cross. So what is the evidence that we have that Christ was acceptable to God the Father? Well, there's two things really that identify that Christ is acceptable to the Father, even after dying on a cross and even after taking upon himself the sins of the world. The evidence is, number one, the resurrection of Jesus and that he was raised from the dead on the third day and that he ascended to heaven and sat down next to the Father at his right hand and, and it's a finished work. He's rested on his throne hallelujah and so Jesus Christ has proven that he's acceptable to the father even after taking the sins of the world by his resurrection and his ascension he's alive he didn't just die and that was it as though death is the finality and so that was proof evidence and the token and the guarantee that he was acceptable to God. Now, if you're in Christ and have been raised with Christ and seated with Christ, then that is the evidence that you too are acceptable to God. You say, well, I sin. Yes, Jesus took the sins of the world on our behalf and was raised and seated. And we are too, because he's put away sin. He's dealt with sin. He's removed sin, as you've learned in the other lessons, like lesson seven on forgiven. He has removed sin, that which separated us, that which condemned us. He has removed it from us in his forgiving atonement. Therefore, we have been raised with Christ and seated with Christ. So I want to put this to you. You're just as accepted by God the Father than the, uh, as well as Jesus Christ. You're on the same level of acceptability. I know the religious will go mad at this point. We're not God. We're not divine. But what I am saying, it's his life in you. It's his resurrection life. And the scriptures are clear that you've been seated with Christ in heavenly places. And this is our identity, folks. 
that we're acceptable because Jesus is acceptable, because he is accepted, because God has looked at Christ and says, you're acceptable, sit at my right hand. Therefore, in Christ we're seated and in Christ we are too accepted by our great, wonderful Heavenly Father. So let's just read the first verse of Scripture today. And it proves my point. In Ephesians 1 verse 6, and it says this, To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. Accepted in the beloved. And so while you might feel that you've gone through life where do people accept me? And then you transferred that maybe into your relationship with the Lord when you became born again and you felt, does God the Father now accept me? Accept me. Maybe your father didn't accept you. Maybe your mother didn't accept you. Maybe your friends didn't accept you. Maybe your siblings didn't accept you. And so you've gone through this life trying to prove or gain acceptability. Now you're asking the question, now you're a Christian, has God the Father accepted me? And the simple answer is, yes, he has. Because Ephesians 1, 6 says, to the praise of his glory, of his grace. Notice his grace. This is not earned. This is not deserved. Your acceptability with God is not earned. And it's not deserved. So right now as a believer, I'm, I'm trying to speak to you in your heart now. Stop trying to earn acceptability with God the Father. Stop trying to get acceptability with the Father. Just learn to recognise and acknowledge in Christ you have acceptability. You've been accepted once and for all. It says to the praise and the glory of his grace... The, what Christ has done in making you acceptable to God the Father is magnifying and declaring and shouting from the rooftops, as it were, to the whole world that his grace has made you acceptable. It's to the glory of his grace. This is a praise to his grace. You are, in fact, a praise to the grace of God when even the principalities and powers look on you and see the grace of God being manifested in the fact that in Christ you are now acceptable with God the Father. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? See, this is a grace issue, folks. This is a grace issue, not an earned issue. Not a deserved issue. You say, well, I don't really deserve it, do I? Because I've done this, I've done that. No, this is not a deserved thing. This is his grace. And so the reason he's done it by his grace is because it's to his praise. It's to his glory. All the praise, all the glory goes to God for his work of salvation that has made you acceptable with the Father. And it says this, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. Notice, again, this work of grace has made you acceptable. I see so many Christians 
throughout my Christian walk with the Lord, and as you kind of learn and you go through churches, you see different Christians from churches, you see a lot of the media stuff online, where you always see Christians striving, hoping, praying, trying to be made acceptable to God, where they feel like they are the worst Christian on the planet. They are never going to make it. They're never going to be, God is not quite accepting them. And so they go through a strife issue, maybe fasting, maybe praying, maybe, you know, just throwing themselves down and calling out to God as though they are not accepted, as though he's a million miles away. But the truth, folks, is in Christ, you are accepted in him. And so I don't try and gain acceptability. I can be me. You can be you. I'll say that again. I can be me and you can be you. I don't have to copy anybody. I don't have to be somebody else. I am who I am in Christ. You are you in Christ. And so I'm not striving to be like a, one of the, you know, the Christian greats like one of the great Christian generals. You know, there's a lot of that about where we, we can strive to be somebody else. That happens in the world, doesn't it, with hero worship. And there can be hero worship even in the church where we, we look to great figures of the past or the present and we have a hero worship. It's great to follow examples, but when our hero worship causes us to strive to be made acceptable with God, as though they was accepted, they was great, their faith was accepted by God, their life was accepted by God, but somehow I fall short. Are you feeling like you fall short of acceptability with God? Well, the answer is in Christ, folks. The answer has always been in Christ. I don't have to strive or have hero worship. I can be me. Christ is in me. Christ is in you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And that is the fact. So he has made us acceptable. And that's Christians, made us, plural. It's the church, the living God, the it, it, a church of the living God. It's us as believers. He has made us that way. This new creation is made a new species of being through his resurrection is made acceptable. You can't make yourself. Some of you are striving so hard to make yourself more acceptable to God. You cannot be made more acceptable than you already are in Christ because Christ is the measurement. Christ is 100% acceptable and seated right next to the Father in heaven, and so are we in Christ. We're 100% acceptable to God. Hallelujah. He doesn't always accept everything we do, but there is a difference between what we do and who we are in our identity in Jesus. And sometimes we don't, we don't learn to understand that our identity is first, our doing and our access uh, uh, come second. Now, who we are causes us to act differently, but what we do doesn't change our nature at all, folks. 
Hallelujah. But that's about maturity. That's about development in Jesus. So he's made us acceptable in the beloved. And that, there you go. That, see that word. He has made us. It's something that has been passively done to us when we was born again through the work of Christ. And it's in the beloved. That word in there is the positional truth. It's who we are in Christ. Now, just because we use the term positional truth, it doesn't mean that it's kind of a figment of God's imagination. I'll say that again. Just because we use the term positional truth, it's not that it's a figment of God's imagination. God is not imagining that we are accepted. Really, we're not. I'll say that again. He's not he hasn't got an imagination where he thinks they are not really acceptable. Joe Bloggs, Mary, Bill, whatever. You're not really acceptable to me. But because of Jesus, therefore, I'll kind of turn away and I'll kind of look away from your unacceptability and I'll pretend you are acceptable. It doesn't work like that. Christ, it is because of Jesus, of course, and his finished work, but he actually worked in reality. I'll say that again. He actually worked in reality and made us acceptable to God. In reality, you are right now acceptable in the beloved. So let's just go to the word section. Let's unpack this word a little bit more so you clearly understand what this word acceptable means. Hallelujah. And it means this to pursue with grace, compass with favour and to honour with blessings. Shall I say that again? To pursue with grace, to compass with favour and to honour with blessings. So there's three main groupings to this word acceptable. First of all, we are pursued with grace. We are not pursuing grace. You know, when we talk about grace, a lot of people look down on this uh, grace message because, uh, you know, they feel it just gives you a license to sin. Not at all. But, you know, I'm not pursuing grace. Grace is pursuing me. You're not pursuing grace. You're not pursuing grace. Grace has pursued you. It's God's grace and you was going your own way. You was like a sheep without a shepherd. You were actually, the scripture says, an enemy of Christ. You was dead in sin. You were in darkness. You were in Satan's kingdom. And the list will go on. Fallen. You wasn't pursuing God's grace. God's grace pursued you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So when we talk about the grace message and acceptability, God's acceptability is I'm pursued by his grace. He pursues me. He can't leave me alone. Grace cannot leave the believer alone. It was the thing that drawn you to Jesus. It was his grace that caused his son to die on the cross and rise again. Hallelujah. It is his grace that's pursued you, praise the Lord. And it remains with you and it pursues you. It surrounds you. It is grace. This Christian walk is according to his grace, folks. So acceptability means 
I am pursued by his grace at all times. So even when a, a person, and I use this term, backslides or is a prodigal, goes back into the world, they are pursued with his grace. It, it, it's within them. It surrounds them at all times. And it is his grace that keeps them, even when they walk in their own way. And it is grace that will draw them back. Praise the Lord. And so it's pursued with grace and compass with favour. Say that with me. Compass with favour. Compass means surround. Because of his grace, I'm surrounded with favour. Now, this word favour is where we get the word favourites from. I'll say that again. This word favour is where we get the English word favourites from. And it's a common thing that people are taught that God has no favourites. That, uh, well, that's not true at all. God does have favourites. And the favourites are the believer. He doesn't have favourites between believers, but in, when he looks at this world, his favourites are believers, folks. The ones who are born again, the church of the living God. We are his favourites. We have been favoured by, by his grace. Because of his grace, we have been surrounded with favour. And so I want to encourage you at this point that you are accepted because of his, because you're pursued by grace and it never leaves you. And also you're acceptable to God because you have been surrounded by his favour. You didn't deserve it, it came by grace. You didn't uh, earn it, it's by his grace. But he has decided, the Lord has decided, God in heaven has decided to surround your life with his favour. You're his favourite. Say it with me. I am God's favourite. Do you feel comfortable in saying that? Some would say, oh, that's pride. No, it's not. It's declaring who we are in Christ. It's his work. He has declared it, so we must declare it. We, he has accepted us, so we must accept the fact that we are God's favourite. That doesn't lead, lead to pride because it's by his grace. And when we understand it's by his grace, it's not about a pride issue. It's about a fact issue. It is fact that I am favoured by the Lord and you are favoured by the Lord. Hallelujah. You're his favourite. Amen. And that's so wonderful because even in your workplace, you're God's favourite. When you go into your workplace, for those who work, you go into your workplace and you are literally taking, because of you are favoured, you are taking the favour of God. So let me just encourage you at this point and bring a bit of an application there because so many times we can go into the workplace and ask for God's favour. We can go into our family and have a situation and say, Lord, I'm going into this situation. Uh, can I just pray and ask for your favour to go with me, your favour to be in this situation? And I want to say, why do you pray that way when the Bible says you have God's favour, you're acceptable to God, and because of his grace, you are actually surrounded by his favour. His favour is on you. His favour is in you. His favour uh, just permeates you. His favour flows from you. And so I, you don't need to pray, Lord, give me favour. You've got it. You don't need to pray, 
Father, in my work or in this, please give me favour. You've got it already. What we do is when we pray, we acknowledge that we have received the favour of God and you say, Lord, that favour that you have given me, just let it affect everyone around me when I walk in. Just have that confidence that when you walk into that workplace, the favour of God is flowing. Notice the favour surrounds you. It's going to affect your surroundings. I'll say that again. Because you're acceptable to God, because you are pursued by grace, because you are surrounded with favour, it means when wherever you go into a workplace, a supermarket, when you go into a family situation, the favour of God is always on you. It surrounds you. So what does that mean? It affects your surroundings because the favour of God surrounds you. It affects your surroundings. And so instead of begging God's favour, we acknowledge it and we let that favour begin to affect our surroundings that we go into. Hallelujah. Isn't that different? Isn't that a faith issue that we walk not by sight but by faith? That we can actually believe that God has already favoured us and we can actually believe that it can go to work on our behalf in the situations we find ourselves in and affect our surroundings. It also means to favour with blessings. Hallelujah. That we are blessed already. And that's another lesson in itself. But because of this favour, because it's by grace, we are a blessed people. And that acceptability that we have in Christ is that we are a blessed person. He has favoured us. He's chosen us. He's elected us. He's predestinated us. And we are one of God's favourites. And so he blesses us with his blessings of his son. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so this is, uh, in the Greek, it's like a, an indicative word. It means, it means, or indicative word, it means it's a statement of fact, folks. This isn't going to change tomorrow because of something you do. This isn't going to change tomorrow because God's changed his mind. This is a fact that you're in this state of his grace pursued. You're in this state of acceptability that's blessed and favoured. So don't let anybody say, well, you, that God is, doesn't favour anybody. Yes, he does. That's how you got saved. You are completely favoured. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. That is an amazing. You need the favour of God to be saved. And he favours you. And now you're saved, it surrounds you. Praise God. And so this actually, this word accepted is a key word really because it means the root word in the Greek is charisma, grace which means loving kindness, the merciful kindness by which God exerts his holy influence upon the souls, turns them to Christ, born again, keeps, strengthens, increases them in Christian faith and knowledge and affection and kindles them to exercise key Christian virtues. So we are accepted Pursued by grace, we are surrounded by his favour. We are blessed beyond our imagination in Christ. So I don't have to seek it. I have it. I just acknowledge it. I pray according to that acknowledgement. And 
I have that confidence everywhere I go that I'm a blessed person by his grace and I'm, I'm going to affect my surroundings because of the favour of God. Hallelujah. And that's a fact. And I've got to accept it as a fact. But it's by his grace. It's by his charisma, folks. So this shows us the very word accepted comes from that root word, grace. This is a grace Christianity. This is a grace life, folks. It's grace that you've received this. It's grace. And so to, to be confident that you accept it is to be confident in his grace, that kindness of God. But this grace is not a, like a, a, a lethargic aspect. It's a power to your Christian life. This acceptability is a power to your Christian life because what happens when you realise that by his grace that and you're accepted, it influences your life to act differently, to be different. It says that it, it keeps you. Grace keeps you. That acceptability keeps you. It strengthens you. If you feel weak in your Christian life, at any moment, go to this lesson. And realise that when you feel that you're not accepted anymore, when you feel that God's a million miles away, or your prayers are not getting through, listen to this lesson. Go through the scriptures and realise his grace. Acknowledge that by his grace I'm accepted and that grace will keep you. It will strengthen you. It will increase you in Christian faith. It's by grace we actually build in Christ. It's uh, by grace we do these things. And it says knowledge, affection, that's love, and kindles that person to ex exercise Christian virtues. We talk a lot about Christian virtues, the fruits of the Spirit, the character of Jesus. It comes by the power of his grace. And so when you realise how accepted you are, you stop worrying, you stop getting anxious, you stop fearing that God's against you and you can start living the Christian virtues. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You can start living Christ. And it all comes about when you acknowledge that you are his favourite and you've been surrounded with his favour, blessed and pursued by his grace. And therefore, he wants you. And because he wants you and elected you to salvation, you have been received, accepted by him forever. And it's not a roller coaster ride. It's not like, oh, uh, today I'm accepted, the next week I'm not accepted. Uh, I had a good Christian, you know, kind of fervency this week, so I'm accepted by God. But the following week I wasn't that good, and so I'm not accepted by God. It doesn't work like that, folks. This is a statement of fact. It's who you are by his grace, you're always accepted. That doesn't mean he accepts everything you do. And he will challenge you on those things. Absolutely. The Holy Spirit will come to challenge us, to, to change our behaviours. But what is changing our behaviours? How does the Holy Spirit go about changing our behaviours? He reminds us we're accepted. He reminds us it's by grace. Grace empowers us. To the Greek word, it says so. It influences you to exercise the Christian fruits, the Christian virtues. It's grace, acceptability that does that. 
Because once you know you're acceptable, you've got nothing to fear anymore from that person who accepts you. You've got nothing to prove anymore. You ever thought about that? See, once you realise you've got nothing to prove to God, that Christ has done the proving, and you're totally loved and accepted by him, then you've got nothing to prove, you've got nothing to earn, you've got nothing to strive for then that will influence you just to live, folks. Live Jesus, live his life, live his fruits, live his character. And the Holy Spirit uses these truths to, and uses these realities to change and prompt you to change where you need to change. Because you won't be thinking, oh, he's gone away from me, and you start striving in worry and fear. No, you realise how close he is, how accepted you are, and so, yes, Lord, I'll change that area of my life. It's all love, folks. Amen. And so when it says you're accepted in the beloved, that's Jesus. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Say it with me. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And so this beloved, accepted in the beloved, is Jesus. We're accepted in Christ. He is the beloved son, and I'm accepted. The word beloved here means this. Of the love with which God regards Christ. You are loved, and in the love that God regards Christ. See, what we've done is, and what we do as Christians sometimes, and maybe you've done, you feel like you're separate to Christ, as though God loves Christ more than you, as though God is, accepts Christ but doesn't accept you. No, because you're in Christ, because you are united in Christ, by his grace, not your works, then the love that God regards Christ, God the Father regards Christ, is the same love you're in, the same acceptability you're in. Hallelujah. When used of love to a master, God or Christ, the word involves, listen, affectionate reverence, prompt obedience, grateful recognition of the benefits received hallelujah so this is an affectionate reverence we talk about reverence to god but our reverence is christ our reverence is christ you know we fail sometimes don't we to reverence god as we should in our daily walk but christ is our reverence christ is our love Christ is our benefit. Christ has received on our behalf, praise the Lord. Christ has, with grateful recognition, recognised the Father and he has been obedient even to the death of the cross. Could you say that? Would we do that? Maybe, maybe not. But Christ was in prompt obedience even to the death of the cross. So this acceptability means that God looks on Christ and loves. God the Father looks on his obedience, his prompt obedience, his recognition, his reverence on our behalf. 
Now, what that creates in us is our reverence to God, the Father. What that creates in us is a heart of obedience. What that creates within us, folks, hallelujah, is a grateful recognition for the benefits we have received in Christ. Because it's his work in us. We are accepted in the beloved, in his love that God the Father has for his son. Praise God. And this word here is perfect tense. What does perfect tense mean? It's once and for all. It's never needing to be repeated, which means I'm accepted in Christ, in the beloved, in his love, once and for all. Say it with me, once and for all. Once and for all, folks. It was a once and for all offering. And because of that, I've been accepted in God once and for all. So stop the yo-yo in effect. Stop it now. I'm once and for all accepted. And so are you. You're not in and out of God's favour like that. Amen. So let's just turn to the explanation section on your notes now. And it says this. Many times throughout different stages of your lives, you have tried to make yourself acceptable to others. You may have tried to make yourself acceptable in family life, in education, in work, in courtship, church, God, and even with yourself. When trying to make yourself acceptable to others, you try different ways and steps to change yourself to be received. When it comes to salvation, you do not make yourself acceptable because you can't. I wish we'd just really get this into our heads. Because we can't. You can't. You can't, so we need an answer. Christ has done it to you. You do not change to become acceptable, but instead believe. Instead believe. You will then begin to change because you are accepted and you've experienced salvation. A Christian is in Christ's acceptability, meaning you're accepted like Christ is accepted. Meaning you are a people who are pursued by God's grace with its favours and with its blessings. You have not earned this acceptability with its blessings He has made you this way. The people who receive are those who have obediently believed on Jesus. And as Christians, you are just as acceptable as Jesus because we are in him. Praise the Lord. So now let's just go now to the other scriptures section. And we've got Luke 128 that demonstrates how God has favoured. And it says this, a very famous verse. And the angel came unto her, that's Mary, Luke one twenty eight, and said, Hail, thou art highly favoured. The same Greek word, acceptable. Highly favoured, pursued by grace. Blessings, surrounded by favour. You, Mary, are highly favoured. The Lord is with thee. Blessed are you amongst women. Hallelujah. So we are, it was, she didn't choose to be the virgin 
birth, didn't she? She was favoured by God. He pursued her with his grace. He pursued her with his favour. He pursued her with the blessing. Not the other way around. And it's the same for you folks. God pursued her and she acknowledged that favour. Hallelujah. Acts 4, 33. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. Hallelujah. This word grace again is that connection with and his acceptability. And so great acceptability, great grace was upon them. They was blessed, they was favoured, they was accepted as the church. Praise the Lord. And the word great there means mega. You know, mega hallelujah. That means it's intensified in its degrees. And so when it comes to the favour of the Lord, it intensifies. It intensifies. What, what causes it to intensify in your life? So it doesn't shrink. So Christians think it shrinks. It doesn't shrink. It intensifies to, to be seen by others. It intensifies because it surrounds us. That favour, that acceptability surrounds us by his grace. And it intensifies around us when what? Look what? The apostles had the witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we recognise that Christ has been accepted because of his resurrection and has been proven and is seated, when we understand these things, when we preach these things, when we share these things, when we witness these things, when we acknowledge these things, all oh, that, that, that acceptability, that grace, that favour intensifies but it never shrinks back, folks. It never shrinks back. A lot of the time we're too negative. We, we look at negativity rather than the increase of God. Praise God. Acts 15, 11. But we believe that through the grace, the acceptability of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved, even as they. So when you look at that word grace there, that's the word accepted or acceptability. Then read that verse a different way. It says, but we believe that through, which means by reason or by the means of the acceptability, the grace, the acceptability of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. So, so we, we realise when we look at Christ's acceptability, which is proven in his resurrection and ascension, when we see that, we see how saved we are. It's how we receive salvation and we understand our salvation more. We understand how saved we are. So it gets rid of the fear. Can I lose it? Can I lose it? Can I lose it? Can I lose it? There's so many Christians worried that they lose their salvation because they don't understand that it's because of Christ's acceptability was saved. It's because he was accepted. His sacrifice was accepted, proven in his resurrection and ascension. And because he is the one whom I believe, it's him that I'm in, 
I don't lose it because I can't lose my acceptability. Because it's in Christ. It's fixed in Christ. Hallelujah. Fixed in Christ, my acceptability. Your acceptability. Hallelujah. Romans 5.20. Moreover, the law entered that the offence might abound. But where sin abound, grace does much more abound. And so we're looking at this word grace now. Looking at this word grace, this root word of acceptability. And it says that grace much more abounds. And so sometimes we, we magnify our sin. We magnify our faults. We magnify everything and, 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 and address them. Grace addresses it. Grace empowers you to be different. I've already said that. It's the influence upon your life. But it's grace that's the influence upon your life. It's this truth that's the influence on your life to change, not law. It says, what does the law do? Moreover, the law entered that the offence might abound. You see, when you become a law Christian with rules and regulations, when you set your standards, your measurements, rather than Christ's measurements, your measurement causes your faults, your sins to abound. It increases you. You strive so much and the more you strive, the more you do. The more you increase. But once you realise that God's grace abounds much more, which means, what does the word much more means abound? It means hyper. It's where you get the term hyper grace from. And hyper grace, which is the root of our acceptability. I'll say that again. It's hyper grace that's the root of our acceptability with God. The devil has stolen. The devil has stolen the word hypergrace. You've heard it says hypergrace, you're a hypergrace Christian. And I know what they're trying to say, where people use the excuse of grace to sin. But we must understand the devil has stolen that word. In the Greek, it's hyper. It's where we get hypergrace from. The fact is, Paul writ that the fact is the law causes sin to abound. But where sin abound, grace does much hyperabound. We are Christians acceptable because of the hyperabounding grace of God. So uh, my acceptability, can I put it this way? Mine and your acceptability is hyper. It's hyper, folks. It's abundant. It's magnificent. Praise God. Let's begin to think of it that way. And Romans 6 verse 1. And I'll bring this in to bring a clarification because I know there's a lot of worried Christians out there. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace abounds and hyperabounds? Absolutely not, Paul said. That word is when he says no, not so, it's a double negative in the Greek meaning absolutely, absolutely no. What does this mean? It means that we are not putting God to the test. We're not putting God's grace to the test. We're not saying, well, because his grace superabounds, because I'm superabounding in acceptability to God, I'm going to put his grace to the test. I'm going to see how far I can push it by sinning. 
That's not the attitude of mature believers. That's Now, when we do sin, grace abounds. But we're not putting God's grace to the test on purpose. And so a Christian mustn't put God's grace to the test on purpose. Absolutely no. Hallelujah. Now, let's just turn to the apply section now. Read it with me if you can. Begin to recognise that you are pursued with God's grace and not his judgment. Spend time in your week recognising the benefits of your salvation. Primarily in this lesson that you are accepted by God. Questions. There are three questions to answer. Why do you think we struggle or you struggle with God's blessings and grace? In what ways, question two, in what ways do we try or you try and make yourself accepted to, by God? And question three, how do you need to accept others in the world and the church? And so I, I, I hope this has really encouraged you in realising how accepted, hyper accepted to God in Christ you really are. And that it can really bring you into a power Christianity, a fulfilling Christianity walk, a, you know, fruitful Christian walk with his virtues and his character. That's the way to do it. Until next time, I'm just Jesus. God bless you.